You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I want to start off the show today um, not actually talking about the Packers because something keeps popping up, and I just, I kind of want to run it past you and see if you can explain it to me because I don't really understand it. I want to talk about UFOs because apparently that's what we have to talk about now. That's what everybody's telling me anyways. I try to go online and look at the Green Bay Packers, and people are like, dude, UFOs. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know. And they're like, no, you don't understand. UFOs. All right, let's talk about UFOs. Just real quick, because I, I, just, I, I just, I can't understand it, and so I want you to explain it to me, okay? So let's walk through this. Let's do a little logical deduction. So the government released videos of things flying around. We don't know what they are. Can't identify them, so they're unidentified flying objects, UFOs. Okay, got it. Let's just say, I, I don't think we can say 100% that we know that these are created things flying around, but let's say we're 99.99% sure, right? It's not a particle from space flying around, because although it's flying kind of fast, it seems like it's kind of pivoting or whatever. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, okay, so we're, we're pretty sure. Okay, I'm with you. We're, it's, so this this thing was created. So we have to assume there was a creator. It was built, so we assume there was a builder. Design, designer, you get the, the, the gist of this. Presumably the same person, but maybe multiple people. Kind of not the point. I'm with you still. For all intents and purposes, let's just say a person built it. Okay. Here's where I'm stuck. How do we get to the part where we say, you know what? I bet you this person that built it lives on Mars. <laughs> that's that's where I'm stuck. I was with you all the way. There's a thing flying around. We don't know what it is. But it appears, appears to be self-propelled, which would imply that somebody built it. Therefore, the person lives on a different planet. Because I, you know... I'm not the smartest guy, but I'm helping my daughter work through logic. Been doing that for a while now. It's not easy, but it's fairly straightforward. And I feel like, unless maybe, because we're only on intermediate, right, step two or whatever, maybe as you get more advanced, you find out that does make sense. You can go from from that, from that from somebody built it to he lives on Mars. But I, I don't think you can. Am I, am I, okay, well, anyways, welcome to the show, thanks for joining me, um, just, just a question, I was able to get up on time, so I figured we could talk about, <laughs> talk about whatever today, we got some extra time, and I'm not feeling the sting of, of a, of a timeline, so I figured I would waste a few minutes, so that, uh, I would have the opportunity to tell you that we don't have much time. Anyways, lots to talk about today, 
Um, I actually want to start off with a couple little tiny tidbits before we launch into some more in-depth things. Because these are pretty crazy times, and it's, you know, that, man, I don't even know. There's so many little factions forming, you know? The I like the draft crew versus the I don't like the draft crew. The Rodgers is going to be traded crew versus the you're crazy if you think we're going to move on from Rodgers crew. It's weird that what seemed like the most benign, boring, ineffective draft in history is simultaneously possibly the biggest and most impactful draft in history. Either this is the one that's going to set us in motion to this new era that is going to be another 15 years of greatness, or this is the beginning of the end. Because we took a hard left turn on something that's been working for a long time, and we're just going to end up out of gas in some backwoods area, like every horror movie, right? I mean, have you seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Right? You're just you're just driving along, trying to go somewhere cool, except, oops, you know, car trouble or whatever, and you got to stop at a gas station, and there's meat there, and it's like, you know, I mean, it doesn't look like pork. I don't know. Maybe it is. Come to find out, definitely is not. You know what I'm saying? Scary times. But we got to walk through this forest with courage and conviction, because we have nothing else to do right now. But um, kind of old news, but, you know, because we've been short on time and whatnot. Manny Wilkins was officially released, probably the least surprising news of all. We did pick up another quarterback, but we're not talking about um, additions yet, because we haven't even started talking about the guys that were already picked up. And it seems weird to say, oh, and we also picked up another undrafted free agent, because it's like, wait a minute, what about the others? And it's like, well, I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Well, then we're not talking about any of them. But Wilkins is gone, and we are currently searching for a new number three behind Jordan Love. Okay? All right. In other news, at news, Alan, whoops, Alan Lazard and Chandon Sullivan signed their exclusive rights free agent tenders today, which was uh, actually two days ago. Again, we're behind, but we're getting caught up. All right, relax. So they joined Tanyan Kumro and Lancaster. Don't really think there was any question about those things happening, but they officially happened. So there you go. So one of the things we're all trying to work through is understanding what exactly the implications of this Jordan Love thing are, because it could range anywhere from, as Gutekunst said, when there's a good quarterback available, you always take him, to they're trying to push Rodgers out real hard. And somewhere in there lies the reality of it. And so there's there's kind of two competing things that I wanted to talk about. There was one, and then there's the other. Um, which order to put them in, I'm not sure. But let's just start with the the simplest one. On one hand... There is the analogy that I wanted to bring up of Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur's system. We've been hearing a lot, which makes a lot of sense, about how Jordan Love is a great fit for Matt LaFleur's system. right? When everybody looks at the highlights of Jordan Love, they like watching him roll out to his left and throw off his back foot like Rodgers, and, and that's what excites people is the arm talent. But that's not why the Packers drafted him. They didn't draft him to be Aaron Rodgers. They actually drafted him to be something very different. And if you watched me watch his film, the thing that I've been saying about him that I really like is the fact that he is more of a modern-day quarterback. He fits the system of what a lot of teams are have been moving toward over the last five years. As I've said, this is where the NFL has been going. I've been saying this for a long time, and that is quick rhythm timing passes. Get the ball, throw the ball. It's all scheme, it's all system, it's all rhythm. Right? As I've said a thousand times now, that's what Tom Brady's been doing to all of us for years. 
He gets the ball, it comes out to a guy that's open, and it's just the most frustrating thing ever. Like, why is there always a guy wide open right across the middle of the field and tired of it? That's what Matt LaFleur is trying to build, and so he has a quarterback now. He drafted a quarterback that if you watch Jordan Love, that's all he does. Gets the ball, there's a guy, throws the ball. Gets the ball, hey, there's a guy, throws the ball. Accurate passer, accurate pass. On occasion, he's got to break the pocket, he makes a throw, and he's able to throw some pretty incredible throws. That's awesome. And so the question is, okay, but what? why is it we think Rodgers can't do that? And, and of course, the answer is he can physically do this. Aaron Rodgers is kind of like a Ferrari. And when we were back in the day with Mike McCarthy, we were racing Formula One. And so Aaron Rodgers is a good car to have. Matt LaFleur is now kind of just like driving out on the highway. A golf cart isn't going to cut it, but a Ferrari's kind of overkill. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying we got to get rid of him because he's too talented. That's ridiculous. My point is, he can do it, but you don't need a Formula One race car to drive 70 down the highway. But I do think, and, and this is kind of, I, I can't shake this feeling that this is a much more deliberate thing, and that if Jordan Love can prove to be the guy that can run this system and even be 70%, they're not waiting for Jordan Love to be as good as Rodgers. That's a, a faulty way of thinking. A lot of people are saying there's no way Rodgers is going to be able to lose this job to Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers, even if he is on the downswing, is, is 10 times better than anything Jordan Love will ever be, which is an exaggeration, but you know. The point is, I don't think Jordan Love ever has to be up to as good as Aaron Rodgers before the Packers feel comfortable moving on. He needs to be able to execute the system, but I tend to think if he can even get to 70% of the actual talent of Aaron Rodgers, and, and maybe not knowledge, but while proving that he can and is able to operate the system as Matt LaFleur wants him to, that they are ready and willing to push Rodgers out. And that's when I came across this thing that... that um, that Greg Cosell had said to Rich Eisen, and it all just started to really click. Again, that's that's part of what all this is, is trying to put all the puzzle pieces together, and he kind of helped connect a couple other pieces. Because at the end of the day, I, I was asked this yesterday, what, what do you really think is going to happen with Jordan Love? If I was forced to put money down right now, just based on a statistical, you know, whatever, vantage point, whatever, I would say Jordan Love isn't a good enough quarterback. We stick with Aaron Rodgers. We continue trying to find a new quarterback. That is to say, in two years, it's not working, and we start hunting. Maybe after three years, we finally say goodbye to Jordan Love, try to trade him, whatever. Just based on the odds of him actually becoming the next a guy good enough to push out Aaron Rodgers, it just seems unlikely. But in reality, I again, I cannot shake the fact that they really want Jordan Love, and I believe, especially after this clip that I'm going to play for you, it's pretty long, but I, we're, we're going to go through it. The fact of the matter is, this is this is as much of an evaluation for Aaron Rodgers as it is for Jordan Love. Because remember what I said about Dylan and DeGuara, it's not just about skill in a very basic sense. We talked about tight ends yesterday and how some tight ends, if you just judge them on a general scale, there are tight ends that were taken after DeGuara that you would say, that's a better tight end. But if you were to judge him based on exactly what Matt LaFleur needs for his offense to work, DeGuara becomes better. This isn't just an evaluation of who's the overall better quarterback. This is an evaluation of who's going to do what they're told. Who is going to run the offense as I want it run? And so I want to play this clip from Greg Cosell. Um, And as much as a lot of people are maybe going to kick and scream and not like it, the fact of the matter is he's absolutely correct. So I just want to play that and maybe pause it a couple times in between. But um, 
it, it's, I think it's very, very important to have this said. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What'd you think of the Jordan Love pick then? Well, I have a pretty strong feeling about that. Okay. And it's probably not one that a lot of people will share, but I think it also relates to Matt LaFleur and his background. He wants a timing rhythm pass game. Say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. He's super talented. We know that. He'll be a Hall of Famer. But Aaron Rodgers, over the last number of years, has evolved, or one could say devolved, into a player that plays a lot outside of structure and outside of rhythm. And when you get a chance to watch the coaching tape, as I do, and this is not an interpretation. This is what the tape tells you. He leaves a lot of throws on the field within the timing of the offense that are there to be thrown. And I guarantee that that bothers Matt LaFleur. And given the age of Rodgers, and and who knows how long Rodgers can play, the age of Rodgers and and Matt LaFleur clearly coming off last season, having probably pretty much carte blanche at this point, I think he's looking to say, hey, I'm going to start to put this offense together the way I want it to look. And while Rodgers is great, I'm a little frustrated with the way our offense plays out. And uh, that's just my personal opinion again, but I, I feel pretty strongly about that. So let's just go from here. Think about that. It, there's no question right now that Brian Gutekunst, and I mentioned this online, Twitter, whatever, there's zero question that the team has been taken out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and put into Matt LaFleur's hands. Aaron Rodgers, for a long time, has had a lot of power. In fact, Mike McCarthy was essentially fired because he wasn't able to build around Aaron Rodgers. Right? I mean, that, that's, that's where we're at with this. You have Aaron Rodgers, make it work. He couldn't make it work. A lot of people, not saying we need to necessarily flesh this out today, but a lot of people are saying it wasn't Mike's fault, it was Aaron's fault. There was nothing wrong with Mike. Aaron, Aaron just 
you know, ref- for example, refuse to throw to open guys. And and let's not act like we haven't been saying that for two, three years now. Why won't he throw to that guy? He's right there. He's wide open. Now nah, I'm going to bail and see what happens and then throws the ball away. So, okay, again, just working through this. We are 100,000% invested in Matt LaFleur. We have begun the process of tearing this thing down and rebuilding it in LaFleur's image. Brian Gutekunst is not going to let anybody mess this up, and that includes Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not saying he's trying to sabotage anything, anything like that. But as he goes on to say, you've got coaches that are spending 18 hours a day in their office building building game plans, building structures of how this offense is going to work. You build out plays so that this guy goes here, this guy goes here, this guy goes here, and as a result, this guy's going to come across here and should be open. If he's open and Aaron Rodgers goes, nah, I'm going to look for the big play. If we design a play this year that has DeGuara open and he's going to look a different way and try to hit Devontae Adams down the field for that big 20-yard pass, that that is, I don't know how else to describe that other than sabotage, whether it's intentional or not. Not that he's trying to ruin anything, but he is ruining it. The 49ers don't have a spectacular quarterback. The Rams did not have a spectacular quarterback. The Titans certainly don't have a spectacular quarterback. Nobody fears Jimmy Garoppolo. Everybody fears the 49ers. Nobody fears Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm not just talking about the 49ers defense. Everybody is fearful of the 49ers offense, and Jimmy Garoppolo does not strike fear in anybody's heart. It is the structure, it is the system, and it is the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo does what he's told when he's told and shuts his mouth about what else needs to happen. As I said, this is as much an evaluation of Aaron Rodgers as it is Jordan Love. And again, it's not just about if Jordan Love can be... Some people are too um, focused on the fact that, well, the only way Aaron Rodgers leaves is if Jordan Love can be as good as Aaron Rodgers, and that's very unlikely. Not true. Jordan Love does need to prove that he can be a competent quarterback, and if not, then whether Aaron Rodgers can run in this system or not, we're not moving on. Because you'd rather have Aaron Rodgers... Um, not doing what he's told, but still making plays, then Jordan Love come in and be Mitch Trubisky, and then then it's just years of misery. But if Aaron Rodgers, in this evaluation period, does not learn to rein it in, and simply just follow the structure as it is, your job is not to break the pocket and find some kind of crazy big play. Your job is not to break, you know, structure and wait for guys to scramble around and, you know, hope that they can get open and, and play backyard football. We're not doing that anymore. You need to know what's going on. You need to be able to hit the guy that I tell you to hit when I tell you to hit it. This is timing. This is rhythm. This is get the ball out quick. This is not mess around, run around, and then can't find anyone throw the ball away. We're done doing that now. And again, Brian Gutekunst is very, very serious about this, and he has a lot on the line here, as does Matt LaFleur, as does Mark Murphy. They've all moved in this direction. Mark Murphy hired Brian Gutekunst. Brian Gutekunst hired Matt LaFleur. They all have this all on the line. They fired Mike McCarthy and and said that it was his fault and we need to move in a different direction. They fired Dom Capers and brought in Mike Pettin. They have to be all the way invested and this has to work and they're not going to let Aaron Rodgers wreck this by not doing what he's told. Again, he's a Ferrari. He has the arm talent. He has the mental capacity to do anything he wants to do if he so chooses. All I'm saying... And, and, and as Greg Cosell is saying, and he's not wrong, Aaron Rodgers, and, and again, I'm not talking about sabotage. I'm not saying he's deliberately doing anything. He has been trained and has learned over all these years to be a guy that plays off of structure. I understand generally how this play works. 
and I understand where guys are going to be when, and I'm going to figure out how to make a play. He's he's way he's he's you know 3D upside down four level chess. The point is though, Matt Lafleur is supposed to be that guy now. He's the one doing all the work. He's the one planning all this out. He's the one who's trying to outsmart everybody. And when Matt Lafleur draws all these things up, and Aaron Rodgers says, "No, no, no, I got it." That's going to become a problem real fast. And again, if if Jordan Love can somehow prove he's even seventy percent of Aaron Rodgers, and we believe that he is mentally caught up to at least learn enough so that he's not throwing a bunch of interceptions. And again, this is going to be hard to evaluate for a quarterback that's sitting on the bench. How do you know when you get him out there because of a couple preseason games? No, I don't know how you evaluate him so much. That's going to, that's another question. I don't know. It's going to have to be in practice and everything else, I guess, and they're just going to have to decide whether or not they think he's ready. But make absolutely certain that we understand that this is an evaluation of Aaron Rodgers. And and we are also moving, again, with A.J. Dillon and DeGuara now on board, this is no longer going to be a matter of blending, as we talked about last year. Matt LaFleur talked about wanting to blend his system with what Aaron Rodgers does because Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback and you don't want to just stifle him. Those days are over. We are now doing this my way. You are going to follow my rules. And I'm sure he's not going to talk to him in that way because it's a very sensitive situation and we got to be sensitive about the relationship and the locker room and we don't want things to devolve. And plus, Aaron Rodgers has a massive amount of support in that locker room. You kick him out, you lose Bakhtiari, you lose Adams, you lose a lot of guys that are kind of the old guard. They're not going to be happy about it. So no question this is a tough situation to work through. But again, the Brian Gutekunst has everything on the line here, and as does Matt LaFleur. They've committed. This is it. We're, we're running a Matt LaFleur system, and we're going to find the best quarterback to run this system. Not the best quarterback, the best quarterback to run this system. And Aaron Rodgers has all the tools to be... I mean, we. I want to just be excited about how great this is going to be, because again, imagine San Francisco with a guy as talented as Aaron Rodgers. That's a great way to think, and, and man, if he really commits to this thing, it can be something really, really special, but he's got to commit to it. And as Cosell said, as a guy that's been studying this, and as, as I'm guessing a lot of people will tell you, and as we even know just casually watching, you know he leaves a lot of stuff out there. You know that everything Greg Cosell said is true. That doesn't make him bad, it's just that he's playing a different system. He hasn't fully committed to just taking the easy plays that are sitting there. And you know you've been sitting in your living room angry about that. Right? How many years have we said, well, nobody's getting open, nobody's getting open, nobody's getting open, and you get mad about it, and then they show the replay of the All-22 during the game, and you see a guy open, and it's like, wait a minute, why didn't he throw it? He's open right there, why didn't he throw it? I, I don't know. Nobody knows the answer. And now we're two years in, three years in, of people asking that question, and Packer fans kind of, kind of asking the question, but kind of not wanting to ask the question, feeling more comfortable blaming McCarthy and blaming the receivers and blaming everybody else. But the point is, we got to come to the reality that he's either going to fix this or he's gone. Because if we don't realize what's actually going on and get serious and, and real about it, we're going to get blindsided. If we continue on this idea that it's not his fault, that it's the fact that we never give him any wide receiver help, that he's had terrible coaches and everybody else is to blame and it's never Aaron Rodgers' fault, it's really going to sting when they move on. And again, I hope this whole conversation means nothing. I hope that we look back in three years on episodes like this and just think, wow, can you imagine there was a time when we actually thought Jordan Love was going to beat Aaron Rodgers for the quarterback spot? How dumb were we? I hope we have that conversation. I really do. Because, the, again, the odds that Jordan Love is ever going to be as talented as Aaron Rodgers is very low. 
But again, there's no question about it. Aaron Rodgers has to learn to play within the system. I mean, think about it. We're, we're two years removed from the most frustrating offense I've ever seen in my life. Do you remember what it was like watching McCarthy's last year? A year, by the way, in which, for the most part, we all just blamed Mike McCarthy and said he's running the worst offense in history. The, the thing that, that terrifies me is the idea that maybe it's true that Mike McCarthy wasn't the problem, as a lot of people are saying. A lot of very smart people are saying. That's neither here nor there at this time, but it does make me nervous. But if you recall, that was the time in which not only was Aaron Rodgers refusing to throw to guys that are wide open. That's when the frustration, in my opinion, started, where it's like, dude, how are we saying that nobody's open yet you can see guys open? And then you look at advanced statistics, and and the Green Bay Packers are one of the highest in separation, as in one of the best teams. So, (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's not adding up. The, The narrative that he doesn't have guys that can get open has never really been that solid. But beyond that, it was frustrating because I remember my friend and I used to talk about the third down sack play because you knew what was going to happen when it was third and short. Every time without fail, instead of running the ball or throwing a quick timing rhythm type pass, Aaron Rodgers would drop back to pass and try to hit a 20-yard pass down the field without fail, and most of the time that ended in a sack. And we would just call it out. It got to be so frustrating that we'd be on the opponent's 40-yard, or the, the, the Packers' 40-yard line, whichever, pretty close anyways. It would be a third and two or a fourth and two, and we say, here come the third down sack play, sure enough. And then the most frustrating thing is that Aaron Rodgers would go to the podium, and, and he would say the biggest frustration is we got we got to start hitting more deep plays. we got we got to have more big plays. I've never wanted to strangle somebody so much in my life. Him and Mike McCarthy both would go to the podium and say the same thing. We 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 got to get these these bigger plays. We got to start getting some big plays. No, you dummies. You don't need bigger plays. You need to start throwing shorter, simpler plays. You need to start throwing it to the guy who's wide open. And 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 the point is we're we're moving on now. And Aaron Rodgers is going to start doing that or he's going to be gone. We can make excuses in our mind all we want, but Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur aren't buying it. We can build up whatever reality we want in our mind. That doesn't make it real. He's either going to get in line, he's going to start getting the ball out quickly to these guys, or we're going to start looking to turn it over to somebody else who does do that, like, oh, I don't know, Jordan Love. Again, all the highlights of Jordan Love are going to be plays that look like he's Aaron Rodgers. They're the same guy. But actually go watch him. Very, very different. Whereas Aaron Rodgers likes to drop back, look down the field, break the pocket, still trying to look down the field, look down the field, look down the field, look down the field, and then eventually throw it either to somebody or throw it away. Go watch Jordan Love. It's get the ball, throw the ball. 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 Right? He goes through his reads. It's 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 all just designed, and it's it's all, it's, 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 you, you want your quarterback to be a robot. You don't want him to go off script. Off script is when things get scary. Off script is when things go wrong. We, we have a script, and if you follow it, it should work out just fine. Assuming Matt LaFleur is doing his job. And, and the biggest problem we have right now is that Aaron Rodgers isn't a robot. I don't know if he's ever going to choose to be a robot. And again, although Matt LaFleur is never actually going to say the words, I want you to just shut your mouth and do what you're told, that's kind of what this offense is. This is an offense that tells quarterbacks, shut your mouth and do what you're told. And I just think, mentally, Aaron Rodgers is at a point in his life where he's like, nah, I'm smarter than you. I know more than you. I don't have to do what I'm told. I know this is a cute little play you drew up, but I'm reading the defense, and I understand that this guy's going to go here, and he's going to be over here, which means this guy's going to drop over here, so we might have a better opportunity with this guy down here. Again, I'm not talking about deliberate sabotage. I'm just talking about a guy who, again, he's a Formula One car who's driving in in like a 45-mile-an-hour zone, 
And I think we're looking at the question the wrong way. I mean, I, I came into this with that analogy because I wanted to say there's no concern about Aaron Rodgers' ability to drive 45. However, there's another aspect of this. There's going to be frustration, not on LaFleur's part about this guy can't handle driving in 45 mile an hour zone because of course the car is capable of it the question is does the formula one car want to drive in a 45 mile an hour zone does the formula one driver have frustration looking over at the track saying i should be over there not necessarily drawing a parallel to him saying he wants to be on another team just the fact that he wants to be running a different offense i don't know if he wants to play in the style of offense it doesn't seem like he wants to and again, this this is all speculation, but again, the, the point is, he has to start getting in line or they're going to move on. I want to continue on with this because, again, this isn't just me spouting. I mean, th- this is, what this is, is things that I've been choosing not to say that have kind of been simmering for a long time that it's kind of to the point now where it's like, I can't just not say it anymore. I, I have to say what we've all been just sitting here watching for a long time. And again, this is not me saying he's not going to be the quarterback. This is just saying I, I desperate, I'm pleading. I am pleading for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to please, please make the transition because I want Aaron Rodgers with his ability and his talent to be able to run this system because it's going to be an unstoppable offense. I am pleading with him because I understand that Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst will not flinch at making him go away. Whether that's one year, two years, three years, four years, I don't know. Whenever they feel Jordan Love is ready, if Aaron Rodgers is not still not quite doing what he needs to do to make this offense what it is, after we transition this whole thing to be a Matt LaFleur system, it all pivots around Aaron Rodgers following it. So anyways, I want to continue on with uh, this interview with Rich Eisen and Greg Cosell. So, okay, uh, I'm going to follow this strand here. You're saying that LaFleur had a year of evaluating Aaron Rodgers, and thus yep. we should view the Jordan Love pick through that, that prism, is what you're saying? Yeah, think of it this way. Two years ago, Garoppolo got hurt in San Francisco, and Nick Mullins came in, and I'm not suggesting Nick Mullins is a Super Bowl quarterback, but he executed the offense at an NFL level, okay? Obviously, the 49ers didn't win a ton of games. They had other issues two years ago as well. Jimmy Garoppolo this year, who, by the way, not a lot of people think is a great quarterback by any means, came in and say what you want. That team got to the Super Bowl. So Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback of a Super Bowl team. So I think Matt O'Fleur comes from that school. Let's get a quarterback who will be a ball distributor, will execute the offense as it's structured, does have secondary action ability when needed because it is needed at times in the NFL today for sure, which Jordan Love, by the way, does have. And let's get that kind of quarterback in here. In other words, when I work 18 hours a day and put my offense together, I would really like it executed that way. And while Aaron Rodgers is as good as there is and making certain kinds of plays, he leaves a lot of throws on the field that are there to be made, and that's very frustrating for a coach. And again, as is sort of pointed out, this isn't just a matter of who's the best quarterback. It's about who's the best quarterback for this system. We all want that answer to be Aaron Rodgers, but if it's not Aaron Rodgers, and again, I'm not operating from the world of should. I'm operating from the world of is. I'm not telling you how it should be. I'm just explaining to you what is going on, whether you're willing to accept it or not. Maybe this isn't the direction we should go. Maybe we should have never gone out and got Matt LaFleur. Maybe we should have gone out and got a guy who runs a system that more more fits what Aaron Rodgers does and built around Aaron Rodgers from a coaching perspective as well as a 
you know, offensive system perspective and everything else. Maybe, 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 maybe. Doesn't matter anymore. I'm not even operating from the draft perspective of what should be. Maybe we shouldn't have gone out and got there. Doesn't matter. This is what it is. The draft told us definitively this is the Green Bay Packers taking this offense and moving it along in the image of Matt LaFleur. And you're either coming along for the ride or you're getting left behind. And that includes Aaron Rodgers. And they made that crystal clear when they traded up to get a quarterback in the first round. We're moving on with you or without you. That's the message to Aaron Rodgers. And again, last year they they tried to blend the Matt LaFleur system and the Aaron Rodgers system. And maybe it's just kind of to the point now where... You know, maybe that was that was kind of the maybe that was Matt Lafleur's fault for trying to do that, but but they're not doing that anymore. As I said, we're going to see him say, "Okay, I got all my pieces. I've got my running back, who's going to be able to be durable enough to be able to run the ball as many times as we choose, so we can up the amount of times we run the ball." I've got my tight ends. I've got the the two types of tight ends that you like. Again, we had Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. They are the free agent version of kind of what Matt Lafleur wants, but not really. I mean, Jimmy Graham in his prime would have been would have been fine, but you know, at this stage, not quite. And I had asked the question even then: Who's going to take over for Jimmy Graham? Because Jimmy Graham had about 50% of his snaps out wide, and none of the other tight ends—Tanyan, Mercedes, Sternberger—none of them had spent hardly any time out wide. Well, we come to find out that he's going to get bumped out. Jay Sternberger is going to get bumped outside. Now, the the weird thing about that was. We know Matt LaFleur really likes to use H-backs, and so it's kind of a question of who's going to be doing that. We've never really had that guy, and so it was kind of like, well, I guess maybe Mercedes is going to, well, now we got that guy. So we've got the tight ends in place. We've got the pieces in place. We've got every single thing in place to, to really turn the key and say, okay, we're ready. We're ready to run this thing as it's supposed to be run. But now we turn to Rodgers and say, are you ready? Are you really, really ready to do this thing? And I hope, just like everybody listening hopes, that he can, because again, it's not about should, it's about is. Maybe the right answer is, I don't care if this doesn't work, Aaron Rodgers shouldn't go anywhere. Maybe that's true. But that's not operating in the realm of reality. The reality is, he gets in line or he's gone. Now, there's that secondary layer of whether or not Aaron or Jordan Love can play, but if he can't, they're going to continue looking for somebody else, and, and possibly even free agency. And, and with the, the contract as it is, it's, it's hard to move them anyways. We know they can't do it now because of the, the dead cap money. We know it's possible next year, but it's still not desirable because of the amount of dead cap. Also, the more, well, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would be more expensive. That's actually a very good question because the, the question of compensation also is a question of how much he's already costing. Because remember, having a guy like Aaron Rodgers or any free agent is a matter of how much are you willing to pay and there's two factors in that. There's how much are you willing to pay the player, and then how much are you willing to pay above the player and his contract to the team to acquire him. If Aaron Rodgers is basically already maxed out in terms of I'm willing to pay his contract, you're not giving up two additional first-round picks to get him. You're probably not even giving up one additional first-round pick to get him. Because again, he's only worth his contract. And so that also comes into play in terms of the question of how much compensation can you get for him. It's the total package. So that'll be worth looking at at some point. And again, I, you know, it's it's way too early to be talking about trades and getting rid of them or whatever because there's a lot of moving pieces. We have to assume that he's not going to be able to operate in the system, which, which even though he doesn't seem to like it and doesn't seem to want to do it, we know he can. We know a Ferrari can drive 40 miles an hour just as well as a Toyota Corolla. It's a question of will the car do that? Or are they going to be insistent on, you know, over 100 miles an hour? 
and then the layer of Jordan Love, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But again, we, I just want to get the train on the tracks. I just want to make sure we are clear about where we stand right now so that as we move forward, we, we can monitor this thing appropriately. I'm not saying anything is going to happen. I just want to make sure that we're standing in the right spot so that as we see things happen, we actually understand what's happening. And if we see this Matt LaFleur system start to look like Tennessee, start to look like uh, the 49ers or whatever it is he's trying to build, and it's actually working as Matt LaFleur wants it to work and the Packers are winning football games, then we, we can just say, okay, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback as long as he can do this. And we don't have to worry about anything else. Now, to be clear, Rich Eisen goes on, and I don't know, man. I don't have any problem with Rich Eisen, but sometimes people say stuff that's just annoying. He, he goes on this diatribe about, yeah, but the 49ers went out and got a wide receiver. So explain that to me. Trying to be the 49ers, but yet the 49ers seem to covet wide receivers. Isn't that interesting? Dude, the 49ers are in, what, year five of the Shanahan system? They've got their offensive line. They've built up their defense. They've got their tight end. They've got their fullback. They've got their quarterback. They have absolutely everything in place. And now they get a number two wide receiver. And, and somehow, Greg, or uh, excuse me, Rich Eisen can't figure out the difference. This is literally just getting the foundational pieces in place to start running the Shanahan offense. That's what the Packers did. And Rich Eisen can't figure, he somehow can't figure that out. It's just annoying that you can't understand that on a very, it's, it's a very basic thing. But, but you know, Rich is, is on that train. The, you know, why wouldn't you get him more help? And again, it's, 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 it's not a bad thought. But the problem is he's way off the tracks. He's not seeing the full picture, and he's refusing to see it. Some people are just refusing to see it. And again, I'm not operating in the the realm of what they should do or shouldn't do. He's just refusing to see the actual picture, which is we're trying to build a system. And he's just looking at it in a football term, like, well, you need a wide receiver because you don't have whatever. Get him more help, which is just a basic general statement, right? Just like in the draft, it's like, well, this running back is better. Well, not for this system. Seeing the full picture, understand, seeing that we're trying to build a system. And from that lens, getting the pieces that we got do make sense. And everything Greg Cosell is saying makes sense. But Rich is just, he's stuck. He's just stuck in this. Just get him help. Just get him help. Just get him help. How is that going to help? How is a wide receiver going to help? Because we can't run the Matt LaFleur offense because we don't have the pieces. We're not going to get this H-back that's going to help. We're not going to get the running back that can run the ball 20 times a game like Matt LaFleur wants a running back to be able to do. We don't have the offensive line, but we have more wide receivers so that Aaron Rodgers can continue running the system that is not Matt LaFleur's system. So we get this weird little hybrid thing where Matt LaFleur's calling plays that are in his system. Aaron Rodgers is running plays that are not within the system. And you got guys running around going crazy. And you continue to get what we had last year, which was there's success and you can see talent, but it just looks ugly. But hey, we got him more help for the sake of help. But anyways, I want to run out a little bit more of this. And, you know, again, that that's Rich Eisen has asked back to back questions about this. Why didn't they get Ayuk? And then he follows that up with, yeah, but Aaron Rodgers can run any system, and I'm sure he would have liked Ayuk. So, anyways, continuing on. In his final, you know, maybe uh, you know, extended window of opportunity in the spot where he's put his blood, sweat, and tears for another role. No, and I understand your point. And, by the way, I'm sure more people feel that way than what I said. But, quite honestly, I think the tape shows this. I've been talking about this. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers for a number of years, because that's what the tape shows. And again, then you have to, you get caught up in always feeling like you have to qualify it, because clearly Aaron Rodgers, from a talent perspective, is maybe as good as we've ever seen in the game. And the, some of the plays he makes, only Aaron Rodgers can make. Tape shows what, but, though? So what yeah, are you referring to about the tape that, 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 that plays into all this right now, Greg? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one of the things you always notice with, with the Aaron Rodgers, and this was true with McCarthy as well, and then McCarthy took all the abuse for it, uh, is that he just leaves some throws on the field that are there. And that's the way he plays. And then he makes special plays. So there's a balance there, and every coach will see it differently. And I think Matt LaFleur is in a position where he probably feels he has as much control as he'll ever have because he just got to the NFC Championship game as a rookie head coach. And he, he probably feels, hey, I, I now have a chance to sort of turn this, this offense into what I want it to look like. So I guess let's finish this uh, subject by saying what you see on film and just uh, by supposing uh, what, what and knowing coaches as well as you do and knowing the, the sport uh, and, and inside uh, film rooms as well as you do, Greg Cosell, um, what do you, what do you think the the time frame is on all this? I mean, where where probably a year. And there you go. Again, th- this is an evaluation period, and and you know it's funny because we look at it and say we want to win now, and here the Packers are messing around. They're not messing around. They're ready. They're me- ready to make a run at a Super Bowl right now this year. We are going to implement this system with our offensive line with Aaron, with uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Jay Sternberger, Josiah DeGuara. Um, Funches, this is our offense, which, by the way, is not a bad offense. Again, a thousand times I've said this. The idea that we have a bad wide receiver group is stupid. It's just stupid. I could rattle off so many groups that are way worse than this. And, and, and again, this is another area where we have people who want to defend Aaron Rodgers to the death who refuse to acknowledge reality. There are offenses that have existed that are very, very lethal who have a worse wide receiver situation than the Packers. Right, Drew Brees for years, one wide receiver and a bunch of garbage wide receivers after that. He's never had a problem running that offense and making that, making that offense lethal. Deshaun Watson has had the worst offensive line in football, one wide receiver, no run game, no other wide receivers, literally the worst offense in the world. However, he's got one wide receiver that's really good, very lethal offense. Tom Brady has had a mishmash of a bunch of number twos and threes for years. They win Super Bowls. Russell Wilson, for years, has had a terrible offensive line, mediocre wide receivers. Baldwin was maybe his best wide receiver for a long time. Good, not as good as Devontae, never had a problem winning games. The idea that every team out there has just got two elite wide receivers is a fantasy. Nobody has that. And the Packers right now have an elite wide receiver. They've got a pile of guys that could easily compete as number twos in Funchess and as Alan Lazar. They, so they've, they've got everything they need. There are no excuses. It's just a matter of Matt LaFleur needs to execute. He's also on the line here. But Matt LaFleur is not going to allow his evaluation to be messed up by the fact that people aren't doing what they're told. And obviously that message has been conveyed to Brian Gutekunst. He's saying, look, here's the system. Here's what's supposed to happen. Here's what actually is happening. And that's a problem for me. And clearly Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur are on the same page. And so as much as Matt LaFleur is being evaluated, so is Aaron Rodgers, so is Jordan Love, so is everybody. But, but it's because they are 100% invested in winning a Super Bowl right now that Greg Cosell is probably correct. Not necessarily that he's gone after this year if he doesn't fall in line, but the fact that this is a one-year evaluation. It's a multi-year evaluation potentially for Jordan Love, but this is probably the last year for them to decide, are we going to be invested in Aaron Rodgers and let him play as long as he wants, as we said, or are we all in on finding a replacement? Because again, the, the idea that this isn't an argument about Aaron Rodgers' talent. It's an argument about a system. I need a guy that's going to play within the system. I love the fact that when things break down and I need a guy that can throw backwards, you know, around his back, 
40 yards down the field and catch a guy in stride, you know, you're the guy. You make those magical throws, and I love you for it, you know, two, three, four times a game. That's great. That's awesome. I need a guy that is play after play after play after play just making the simple throw that I tell you to make. That's all I need. I do love the great throws, though. Man, oh, man, those miraculous throws off your back foot across your body. Whew! Those highlight reels are awesome, and I love it. But um, seriously, though, going to need you to just play along here. So, again, ideally... The Packers have a great offense. It really clicks. Because remember, again, 13 wins was great, but nobody watched this offense and said, man, this thing is, they really got this thing figured out. Week after week, it was like, this is just an, this is kind of ugly. They won a lot of times on the back of the defense. And then when the defense didn't pull through, the offense had a really good game. A lot of which, by the way, was Aaron Jones. I mean, there were games when Aaron Jones won the game for us. I mean, you go down the line, it was like, okay, this game Zadarius won for us. This game Aaron Jones won for us. This game Jamal won for us. It's, it's already a team that is not winning on the back of Aaron Rodgers. Some games were won by Aaron Rodgers, but the idea that this is now a team or, or continues to be a team that wins on the arm of Aaron Rodgers exclusively is already done. And as we continue to shift more toward a Shanahan LaFleur system away from the Aaron Rodgers style offense, it's going to be even less about Aaron Rodgers. And the more he gets out of rhythm, the more he gets off platform, the more he tries to generate out of structure type plays, the more this thing's going to be clunky and not look right. Because again, it's not just timing and rhythm. It's about the fact that everything is built off of everything else. So we need to, it's, it's a whole game plan script. The plays that are going to work in the third quarter are going to work because of what we done in what we did in the first and second quarter. We've been building towards something. And if you're not helping me build that, if you're not building this thing out, none of it comes together. None of it works. We can pull off this play because four times in a row when we do this formation and run this way, we do this. And now the defense is expecting it, so then we switch and do this. But we got to actually do the thing that I said we're going to do. This is a heavily scripted thing. Again, that's just what it is. It's not really even debatable. The only question is, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine? If so, awesome. I hope you're right. I don't want to lose Aaron Rodgers. I want Aaron Rodgers to be here for a long time. In fact, there was somebody, um, let's see if I can even find it now. It was very well said. Oh, I can't find it, but I'll, I'll try to paraphrase. They said something to the effect of, people forget Jimmy Garoppolo was taken by the Patriots in the second round in a stretch in which Tom Brady, at 36 years old, had not won a Super Bowl in nine years. And so they seemingly were looking to go in a different direction. At 36 years old, Tom Brady had not won a Super Bowl in nine years, and they got a new quarterback. They won the Super Bowl that year, and then they decided to trade Jimmy Garoppolo and went on winning lots and lots of Super Bowls. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't verify any of that information. <laughs> so that might be, especially with me interpreting what he said, that might not exactly be the case. But but the fact remains that it's entirely possible that this is a beautiful offense, and Aaron Rodgers is the key piece to this offense and helps them win game after game and multiple Super Bowls down the road. And we're going to look back at this period in time as one of the most weird and dumb periods in history in which people were talking about Jordan Love actually taking over. But let's keep this in context. Saying he's going to take over, we can look back and say that's dumb because he's never going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers. Fine. Saying that the Packers were very serious about potentially moving on is not dumb because it is the reality. So in 10 years, when we look back on four Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers at those Jordan Love days, we can we can remember what we can laugh about. But also, it's not just funny that we thought Jordan Love could possibly take his job. It's also scary to think how close it could have been. 
Because the fact of the matter is, it's scary to think how close we are to the Aaron Rodgers era being over. It's terrifying. And again, it's why I'm sitting here basically pleading. Please, please, please. Whatever you got to do to train your mind and train your body. Because I'm, I'm sure after all these years, some of this is just, it's just a reaction. When that ball gets snapped into his hands, his brain just goes into survival mode. It's kind of that whole old, old dog new tricks kind of thing. It seems weird to say that he can't run a very simplistic offense, but the fact of the matter is Aaron Rodgers is in another universe, kind of like the guy that built that spaceship that was flying around. He's obviously from another planet. And really, all Matt LaFleur needs is a robot. And he's got a young guy that he can essentially brainwash into his system to be a robot. And trying to get Aaron Rodgers to come down to that level and be a robot and be programmed to do these very simple things, although Aaron Rodgers is more than capable, it's, it really is a genuine question. So, again, I don't want to go too much in circles here. I didn't intend this to be the only thing we talked about today, but, uh, you know, also I didn't take a break, so that's weird, and I don't know what to do about that. So, again, the, the, final, the final point on this, and I'll state this again, because as I'm just kind of randomly scrolling through Twitter, I see uh, a person who does not like essentially what I'm saying right now, saying this is ridiculous. Can you imagine how good Jordan Love is going to have to be if he's actually going to beat out Rodgers. Remember, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking at this the wrong way. It's not about just pure raw talent. It's not about your ability to throw off your back foot 40 yards down the field right in the pocket. This is about which quarterback, Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, is going to better execute the Matt LaFleur system. That's the question. Not who's the better quarterback, who's the better quarterback for the Matt LaFleur system. That's the question. It should be Aaron Rodgers. And again, as I said earlier in this episode, when I was asked what's going to happen, my assessment, number one on my list, Aaron Rodgers continues playing for a long time. Because even with this question in its proper context, I don't think Jordan Love is going to be better than Aaron Rodgers at running this system. Whether that's because Aaron Rodgers is great in this system or Jordan Love is just terrible in it, doesn't matter. Point is, that's my expectation. That is my top belief. But again, let's just try to keep it in its proper context so that we're evaluating things as we go along. If you're expecting this to only turn over to Jordan Love when he proves he's as good or better than Aaron Rodgers, you're wrong. Believe Aaron Rodgers is going to stay when you see this offense running and starting to look like the 49ers offense and Aaron Rodgers operating within that structure. When you see him take the ball and get the ball out quickly, when you see the ball coming out in two seconds to these short, quick little passes, that's when you're going to know. That's when you're going to know that you can start feeling more comfortable that Aaron Rodgers is settled in and uh, they can back off on trying to push him out. If you see him on third and two drop back and try to throw 20-yard passes with Aaron Jones sitting three yards down the field wide open and he scrambles and throws the ball away, start getting nervous. That's the point. So anyways, we're going to leave it at that. I'm doing a bad job of ripping through a lot of different things to talk about, but it, I feel like this is pretty big stuff to be talking about, and I don't want to just flippantly... Um, walk through it without solidly making the case. And again, I'm not making a case for what should be. I'm making a case for what is. Whether it should or shouldn't be is entirely up to you, and I don't care what your determination is. But this is what it is. Matt LaFleur holds the keys, and this thing's going to run the way Matt LaFleur wants it to, with or without Aaron Rodgers. So, anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.